Welcome to Eclipse, a Heroes podcast, where two old school Heroes fangirls rewatch the show, talk about it, defend its honor, argue about stuff that could have been. My name is Keisha. And I'm Rachel. And this week we are cracking into the 16th episode of what is still, yes, season three, Building 2-6. Even though it's spelled like Building 26, they always just say Building 2-6. Mm-hmm. That always bothered me. <laughs> Put a fucking hyphen in it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we get into things, we have... Remember how I made that joke about how Zachary Quinto hadn't signed on anything new one week, and so we didn't have any news? <laughs> well, guess what? He did, and we do. Because uh, he's, he's staying booked. Good for him. So there is a documentary... About Truman Capote and Tennessee Williams, and it's being voiceovered by uh, Zachary Quinto and Jim Parsons, his boys in the band uh, co-star. So that'll be uh, really cool because we all know Quinto's a big old Tennessee Williams fan with his, you know, Glass Menagerie uh, mm-hmm. run that was really well regarded back in the day. So <laughs> stay tuned for whatever he signs on to next week, I guess. <laughs> Goddamn. Welcome to Eclipse, the Zachary Quinto News Network podcast. <laughs> and, then I, and then I just tap my fingers because, like, that's what I wanted all along. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. I guess you, Keisha. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh. That's really all we have. And then, like, honestly, and honestly, next week it'll be like, Invincible premiered on Friday. Burr, 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 burr. Like, it's nonstop. So. Look, I've been trying to look for other news. It's just not there that I have it's seen. It's not there. Oh, but I will mention something I saw, like, months ago that I kept forgetting to show you. Um, okay. Um, Masi Oka playing chess against this chess guy whose last name is Nakamura. Oh, okay. Um, I should show you the videos. And I was like, hey, it's it's Nakamura versus Nakamura. Yeah, like they totally, they know what they're doing. So, remind me to show you that, but yeah. Delightful. Yeah. So I was like, well, it's kind of something else. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Yeah. It's probably during our break and then it was just like, la, 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 it's gone. <laughs> oh, it was like literally months ago. It's like that whole, yeah, that pandemic thing of like, oh, I think I saw that the other day. You know, it turns out it was in like December or something. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But... I was reminded right now while recording <laughs> that I should show you that. I kept meaning to tell you and I just kept forgetting. So We'll yeah. forget it by the time we're finished here. So. No, because it'll be on record now. We'll remember forever. Okay, fair. <laughs> fair. It's, uh, it's canon now. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that's really all the, the news we have. <laughs> yeah, that's our news. But we still want to talk about one more thing before we start the mm-hmm. episode. Yep. Which was on the Discord... Let me navigate to it. (laughs) (laughs) Emma was saying how she sometimes wished that Siler had been on the plane with everyone and what storylines could have come from that. So I want to take a moment for us to talk about what we think would have happened if they had captured Siler in episode 14, was it? Yeah, episode 14. If he got got when he was at his dad's (laughs) house. Yes. In a successful manner and mm-hmm. ended up with everybody else in the transport plane. Tell me yours first. I want to hear yours. Your your thoughts on that. <sighs> okay. Uh-huh. I still think the plane would have crashed. Oh, absolutely. There's no avoiding that. There definitely could have been like, you know, because I said like Claire was just like pulling things off people randomly and just being like, ugh, Siler. <clears throat> Jams that so far back in. Um, yeah. I feel like there would have been a lot more bodies at the plane crash not necessarily the people strapped down but like i don't think there would have been any initial soldiers there left (laughs) 
Yeah, you, you take the drugs out of him, he gets kind of pissed. <laughs> like... And I don't even know if he would have fled or if he would have stuck around to see whoever came up <laughs> next, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, full disclosure, like what I was saying to Rachel when this came up, I, I wrote a fanfic that had that in it, where he was on the plane. Not that he got caught, but that he ends up on the plane, because he's trying to save Mohinder, it's a whole thing. I'm a shipper or whatever. And... um. <laughs> It still went down in, in in the exact same manner. Tracy did the thing, and yeah. So, okay, so I was like, well, I'm kind of, you know, I've kind of thought about it in the past, but I guess, like, sitting here now and thinking about it, I'd be like, okay. If they actually manage to take him down in the appropriate manner, then I mean, like, it'd be like, uh, did you ever see Con Air? No. I don't know why I ask. Um, <laughs> so. I know what it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the whole bit where all the prisoners are being transported on an airplane and, um, hmm, influence much. And, uh, you know, they, they end up getting people off. And, uh, there's one character in particular who's, like, fully in, like, a, 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 like a metal cell in the plane itself. Like, he's, like, locked up beyond all the others, you know? Like, mm. that would be Siler. He would be... In basically like an Iron Maiden with a spike in his head. Do you know what I mean? He'd have Ooh. to be, or there'd be no point. Um, they couldn't simply transport him like they could the others. However, taking into account this issue, uh, the issues in this episode, budget. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would have had the money to transport him in a way that would have kept him, um, you know, uh, harmless. I also don't think they took it seriously from what uh, we saw. And Nathan, like, scolding Danko, like, just shoot him in the back of the head. He wasn't really interested in transporting Siler at all. And I mean, like, wink, wink. We kind of, we we figure out why with with Danko later. He has plans for Siler Mm -hmm. that do not include Nathan's plans. Like most of his machinations in this volume. Um, So, I mean, honestly, I mean, if I can spoil for a bit here in in the beginning of this podcast, if you want to warn. Spoiler warning. (laughs) Um, I think Danko had his plan with Siler from the get, and so he he wasn't he wasn't exactly crying that it didn't work out when they grabbed him. Plus, it made Nathan look bad. So mm, true, but yeah. So, um, because it, later on in the volume, Danko decides to work with Siler or try to, because Siler is the most powerful of them. So who better than to take these people out? He doesn't. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to. He doesn't want to lock them up. He wants to take them out. That's where mm-hmm. his interest lies. So, keeping that in mind, it's interesting how it went down so sloppily. But, um, yeah, so I'm like, if they have the attention to detail, the budget, and the necessary equipment, I think it would have all went down in a very similar manner. It's just Siler would have been there. And as we saw with this episode, I think he would have pieced the fuck out the minute he could have. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was down to, to, to play around with the... <laughs> With the with the cool kids, as it were. Yeah, he wouldn't have been hanging out with Mohinder and Peter. Like, Peter probably would have been the only one there to be like, maybe we should give him a chance. And everyone would have been like, shut the fuck up, Peter. <laughs> People just, like, taking Peter aside be like, I don't know what this is, but it's not cool. He might have been able to talk Hero into it, maybe. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But everyone else would have been like, you are a madman, Peter Petrelli. <laughs> Your brother Matt, is a madman. Yep. You both can fuck off. Yep. <laughs> Matt would have been not cool with it. Mohinder would have been apoplectic. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, inconsolable. That's not yeah. happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as cool as the idea would have been for Siler to be with the main crew, um, just to see what could have happened, uh, realistically, it makes more sense that he remains separate because then they could focus on stuff and not like their own issues do you know what i mean like they could oh, yeah have, well, it's like what you just said they couldn't have siler in the room everything would fall apart so fast like n- not at this time anyway so there'd be no one left to chase them <laughs> i mean if anything it'd be a boon for the for the, the hero crew I mean, mm-hmm. siler would just fucking murder everybody who tried it which is what he's doing now so you know yeah he wouldn't be looking for the snack buffet mm-mm no, he'd be like, y'all fucked with what I was attempting to do here. I'm trying to be a better man. Excuse you. Just a bigger trying person. to figure out who my dad is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to go and do this. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's mostly my thinking on it, is it would have gone down very much the same way. But obviously the the dynamic could have been different. But I don't mm-hmm. think, but that's the thing. It's like what we saw from this episode, especially. Siler would not have stuck around. Mm-mm. He would have left them holding their you-know-what. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. his way. Like, what he does later on, that's different. That's that's a very different circumstance. Which, you know, you could argue a lot of things about why he does it. Um, but normally, he would have just been like, alright, bye. Like, I mean, yeah, look, look at, like, Peter and Pinehurst and all that, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, he, he does what he has to do to protect himself. But then he goes to, like, Primatech and is like... <laughs> Being a complete shitlord, so. I mean, it brought us one of the finest uh, sequences <laughs> show. I love, I love those bits, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, he that that's the thing is like, and we see this episode he'll when he's talking to Luke, like he's trying to not do that anymore, and it's hard for him not to. Mm-hmm. So, because he's petty, <laughs> he's petty. He's that's why it's one of the reasons why we adore him. He's he's petty as fuck. So. We'd have seen another fight between Noah and Siler again. Because Noah was the co-pilot. Oh my god. Yeah, could you imagine, like, Noah coming up and trying to level his gun at Peter then? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no! Mm-hmm. He'll play America's favorite game, Toss the Bennett. <laughs> He's like three counties over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's what, yeah that's that's my thinking on it. Yeah, yeah. So should we get on into the episode then? Yeah, let's actually talk about the episode. Building two six. Building two six. So well, you kick things off, yeah. I know, I do. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. I am italic. <laughs> so Mohinder did the previously. I didn't. Did have you a have a previously? I didn't have a previously. That's so wild. I don't think Japanese Netflix does it. Like, yeah. I forgot about your hero and Nando problems, so stay but, tuned for when you have them again. No, no, no. I think they you they, be okay. they had they had it this week. I don't know okay. why they didn't on um, the other one, but yeah, interesting. Because I was uh, concerned as well, <laughs> but we're good. So okay. Oh. Well, we start this episode off with an awkward Bennett family breakfast. Whew. Sandra, Lyle, Claire, Noah, all having breakfast in Costa Verde, and Noah. Has his has a new job. He said he's a consultant. And Sandra's like, oh, good. Hopefully that'll keep you kind of sticking around home for a while, you know? <laughs> and while they're talking, Claire gets a text message. You must warn your next target from Rebel. 
And Sandra's like, do you have to be doing that now? (laughs) (laughs) And Claire types, no, she can't, and then puts the phone down. And she also asked Claire about her trip, and she's like, I don't know, there's nothing really to tell about it. And she's like, God, you went to see all these colleges and you have nothing to tell? And so Sandra looks at, like, Noah a little bit, like, suspicious, like, well, which college did you like best, Noah? And he doesn't skip a beat. He responds brown right away, because Claire was supposed to be looking at Ivy League colleges over on the East Coast. Yeah, it's like, I love how Sandra's trying to catch Noah in a line. I'm like, that ain't gonna happen. He's prepared with his bullshit cover story. Exactly. Yeah. And, of course, this upsets Claire, so she just gets up and leaves the table. Noah's like... Listen, Sandra, like, I think that whole Ivy League college thing might be kind of intimidating to her. So maybe we should, like, start with community college. You know what? I'll go talk to her. So he goes up to her room and Claire's like, I can't fucking do this. I don't want to lie to mom. I can't, you know, why are we doing this again? And Noah's like, listen, Claire, if either of us strays from the script, there's no stopping them. They're going to come after everyone. And she's like, yeah, now's the part going to be like, you do this all for me, right? And he's like, no, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do next, young lady. (laughs) Surprise, you're already enrolled in Costa Verde Community College. Here's the pamphlet. You're enrolled in this class, this class, this class. Come Monday morning, you better be parked in row one with a sharp number two pencil or there's going to be hell to pay. And ooh boy, Claire's look she gives her dad and the look they give each other before he saunters right out that room. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So much grr. And she gets another text, and it's from Rebel. And he's like, Warn Alex, Sam's Comics on Buford? Mm-hmm. Go now. So she's getting told to go warn someone. Yeah, I mean, obviously she wasn't trying to get recruited into the resistance, <laughs> like answering mm-hmm. Rebel's texts, but here we are. She wasn't, but you know she wants to, so. <laughs> Deep down, yeah. Um,. So the thing that gets me, and it's something I'll talk about more with um, Nathan as well later on, because I'm, like, father, like, daughter, hardcore here. Mm -hmm. um, Claire's being so bratty, and it's like, the game has changed this time, and you really need to understand that. Mm -hmm. This is not like how it's been the other times at all. Shit's way more serious. The company was run by people like you. (laughs) <laughs> it was run by yeah. specials. That's the people that founded yeah. the fucking thing. Yeah. This is this is humans. In particular, one human who has no love lost for specials. So mm-hmm. you need to really think about that in terms of how you're handling stuff, especially with your dad. Thinking you know, like, oh, yeah, this is going to be just like the company. No, it's not. <laughs> it clearly is not. Not at all. But, uh, yeah, how how is, how is her, her actual old man doing? <laughs> Well, we don't see him quite yet, but we do get to go to building 2-6. Oh, is he late for work? What a pun. Yeah, he's he's running late, I guess. <laughs> Jeesh. Um, <laughs> we get to a gooder, a gooder, wow. <laughs> we get a good look at the target board, and we see familiar faces, and some that aren't, and I think a lot that aren't our crew members. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, we should mention that. It was, like, crew people who were on the board. Like, James Props, I think, is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendy might be on there somewhere. There's a lot of people. She might. I think James is one of the ones they do you do see because he's right next to a bunch. Yeah. Uh, we see the Haitian is on the board. We see Parkman is on the board. Uh, we scroll over. We see uh, Siler is on the board. Hero is. And Knox is on the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. Nathan, you saw that man die. <laughs> No, he didn't, because he, he did not... Nope, he was never there. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
Can't be dead if he was never there. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah. <laughs> and we see Peter be freshly added to the board. Fucking enemy number one right there. I love it. Mm-hmm. And Danko is talking to the people there, and he's like, all right, we've got access to tra- traffic cams, all this stuff. Thanks, Patriot <laughs> Act. And someone asks about Claire, and he's like, she's off the table for now, thanks to Petrelli. Um, but, you know, if she slips up, I'll bring the topic up again. And you know, then he's like, ugh, speaking of Petrelli, if only he'd quit sipping his latte and show up for work. And <laughs> the camera moves, and we see Nathan is there, and he's like, ugh, double espresso. Goodness. <laughs> Just sitting there with his two shots of espresso. <laughs> Fucking Nathan and Claire this episode just drive me crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he throws his empty cup away and proclaims that Claire is still off limits, because he heard that part of the conversation. And he says, I know you lost friends and want payback, but not all of the individuals here are dangerous. Some are scared. And I just put in a request to the White House to double our funding because I want to hunt them, track them, and bring them home alive. So he's trying to get everyone on the same page there. This fucking half measure bullshit, man. Like, it's ugh. it's just, it's so hard to have Nathan just be like, obviously, I can still make this work even though blood has been spilled. You mm-hmm. know? It, 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 it's not going to be like that. You're, you're not going to be able to just bring them in alive, have your happy little prison, safe from the general population, la 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 la. No. It's not going to work that way now. Like, things are... It's, it's the Claire thing. Things are different this time, and you guys are acting like it's still the same. Mm-hmm. And it drives me fucking insane. Like, oh, he's being so dumb about this. Like, clearly operatives are going to try to take them out now, whether or not they are ordered to. Because it's become an us versus them thing. Mm-hmm. Not one of us, one of them. Now it's us versus them. Like you were saying, it's different. He's being very idealistic like Peter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I just want to punch him in the face. It's just like, man, you really don't have any concept of who you're dealing with here. This guy is not going to let this happen the way you want it to. He gets a little bit of an idea later in the episode. Well, yeah, but, you know. But, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, just, I don't know, it's, yeah, it's like the, oh, God, you're right. It's like the idealistic thing of Nathan being like, obviously, if I just have armed soldiers show up to these people's lives, their work, their their homes, just explain to them, hey, you've got a power, you gotta go get locked up forever, ruin families. You know, it's like, and this is because I'm watching it now, but it's like the chaos killer thing in iZombie. Mm-hmm. Like, destroyed lives for a time. He took apart families. And it's mm-hmm. true, he did not murder most of them, but that's not something that you can just have be okay after. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's there's impact here. And it's like, okay, so you look at, like, some rando, and he's got, like, a dangerous ability, but he's not using it in, like, a siler way or whatever. And, you know, but what if he's, like, a single dad, you know? And he has, like, a kid. And... No one else to look after that kid. So then the kid has to suffer? Like, yeah. It, it's all these, like, domino effect things he's not thinking about that just make me so angry about this. So. Yeah. Like, watching it again. Oh, we'll just lock them up and just throw away the key and they'll be all fine. Smile. Yeah, they'll be all fine. They'll accept it and everybody will be safe. Like, God, you're so fucking short-sighted about this. 
<laughs> you got there's a lot of similarities between this volume and iZombie, some of the later stuff. So <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was I was uh, thinking about it a lot in my notes. I was like, huh. Spoilers anyway. for iZombie. I'll probably yeah. out the character name, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> Chaos Kidnapper. Uh, <laughs> I, I love how I love how someone finally called it out. It's like, well, he didn't kill them. <laughs> like, he kidnapped them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. It's just like it, that's the thing is it's like you're anytime you bring about you know an other someone who's just fundamentally different. There's gonna be that us versus them thing. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be prejudice. Because mm-hmm. ugh, humans. And so, uh, 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 yeah, just his whole, like, fucking blue sky way of thinking about all this just drives me up a wall. <laughs> He's rich. What problems does he have to... I mean, you're not fucking wrong. So, class war. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway. on the other side of the class war, how's uh, <laughs> how's the road trip going? How are our two uh, middle-class heroes? Well, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> middle. <laughs> that's being generous. Um, so they do um, a couple fun transitions in this episode from the Building 2-6 Op Center, where we see a hero on a screen, and then we'll go to that scene, which I think is wonderful. And that's exactly what happens. Is there's like a some screen some analyst is looking at, and Siler is up there. And so we transition over to that storyline, and we see down the road... Uh, Mary Campbell's station wagon, Siler and Luke inside. Luke is just like, this is the best day of his life, okay? He is all <laughs> kinds of giddy. This is everything he could ever want and more. He says they should stop at some skanky diner somewhere and get some pie and milkshakes. Like, yeah, bad food. Because it's a road trip, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, he's like, you know, it's going to be a long way till you know, we, we get to Samson even. Because Siler's like, no, no stops. He's like the, he's like. Why is he like um, John Mulaney's dad in like the black coffee at McDonald's bit? Like he's just no nonsense. Um, but yeah, Luke is being really coy about where he even is because Siler's trying to figure it out. And Luke's like, "No, just I told you, just keep heading west." And Siler gets pissed. He pulls over, and uh, Luke tries to spin a bunch of lies about what Samson is up to what, you know, what his life is like, where he's hiding out and why. And obviously, Siler can tell each time. And Luke is so not afraid. He loves it. He loves that Siler can tell he's lying. And I'm just like, oh, why? <laughs> and so, like, God, you're, you're so, oh, my God. You're you're just poking a bear in a way that you just should not. <laughs> and um, Siler gets pissed at this. And he's like, let me tell you, I can tell when people are lying because I saw open their skulls and rip their abilities out from their brains. And he's trying to, like, scare Luke. And Luke's just like, oh, so you're like a serial killer. <laughs> and Siler's just <laughs> mad because that was not the intended result of him telling him that. He wanted him to cower and, you know, give him the information he wanted. And instead, Luke's like, that's cool because he's a teenage boy and they're the worst. And so... He's like, I'm, I, what? No, serial killer? That I, I am offend. And Luke's like, well, let's look at the facts, bud. I mean, like, you have a pattern. You have a, you know, you, you keep trophies. Like, you have, you know, you, you have all the, like, classifications, man. And, and Siler has to reluctantly admit that he's correct, but he's not happy about it. <laughs> and just the power struggle 
is amazing. Siler is just learning right now that he might be a literal serial killer, but there's nothing fucking worse in this world than a smug teenage boy. There's nothing worse. <laughs> there's nothing worse. Oh my god. And so they decide to drive off. You know, he's like, oh, you know, fine. And so they keep going. And the traffic cam is uh, given special uh, notice in this uh, in this particular scene arrangement because, hey, it picks up on Siler's face and they've got facial recognition tech over at building two six and the software is confirming that it's him. Oh no, they're going to get caught. Maybe. Uh Oh, Oh, raggy. So th- thoughts on that. Wonderful. dynamic. Oh my God. Feckin Luke. <laughs> I know. I was like, I haven't seen this in so long and he's even better than I remembered. Completely. Like, fanboying and just loving it. And nope. it's, like, his best life. He never gets to go on a road trip before. <laughs> nope. He's going on it with Siler. And the whole time, Siler's just like, Hey, no, we're just driving, damn it. You better tell me where it is or I'll kill you. And he's like, hey, no. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't care if you, like, force choke me or whatever. I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ha, ha. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Oh, man. I love it. So we go from there with the, you know, zoom out to show the screen and then the facial recognition tech working on, you know, Quinto's very distinct features. And it pans over to a different screen and we see the Claire Bennett surveillance program. And so we go into Claire walking into a new Sam's Comics location for us. Yay. Our third one. Yeah, because there was one in Japan, wasn't there? There was one in Japan. Mm-hmm. So we go into Sam's Comics in Costa Verde, and we meet a new character whose name is Alex Wolseley, mm-hmm. who is played by the very delightful Justin Baldoni, who people probably know now as being on uh, Jane the Virgin. Yes. So, yeah, he, uh, oh God, I'm so glad you gave me this to talk about, because. <laughs> my notes are pretty bad, too, but go ahead. No, no, it's, oh, God. Having having been a girl who worked in a comic book store, I have very serious feelings about this scene mm-hmm. and this, like, early Big Bang Theory nerd gatekeeping bullshit. Um, yeah, so he totally pulls, like, the unicorn thing, which is just the idea of, like, oh, a girl or particularly a pretty girl being in a quote-unquote male-dominated space. Like, oh, a pretty girl into comic books or, oh, a pretty girl plays video games, right? And all that comes with it. So mm-hmm. she comes in and he's like, whoa, you're a girl in here. It's so weird. I, I want to know who wrote this episode because I'm mad at them <laughs> about all of this. I'm um, find out while you're talking. Yeah. And she's like, you're in danger. And he thinks it's a prank because that's exactly, you know, he's not wrong. That's what someone would say. Like, you know, hire this hot blonde to come in and be like, oh, you're in danger. Like very um, John Connor kind of thing. Um, So he's just like sitting there thinking this is amusing. And Claire's like, dude, you're being targeted, like being very sincere. Like we have to, we have to go. This is not safe for you. And he he fully even asks, like, what's next? So are you going to, like, give me a lap dance? And I want to die. I want to die and I want to take everyone with me because, <laughs> oh, my God, I want to go full, like, Kirby Plaza. <laughs> like, oh, what year did this come out? 2009 and we're doing 2009, that? yep. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I rage. I rage against that. I wrote vomit in my notes, like, three times. Um <laughs> 
So Claire has to do the thing to get him to stop. Um, she grabs a box cutter and slices her palm open, and the blood makes the helix. That's fun. And mm. and he's just like, "Oh, holy shit! Like this isn't this isn't a joke. Like this this is something else." And would you like to tell me who interrupting cows into the scene, Rachel? Who fucking comes out of nowhere and is the agent uh, handling this particular matter? <laughs> it's Noah Bennett. <laughs> God damn, this guy. So, of course, Noah's the guy who's uh, trying to track down Alex. And he walks into the comic book shop and, uh, oh, damn, they gotta they gotta figure something out. Because, you know, HRG up in the scene. Woosh heroes. Mm-hmm. But we come back immediately to this scene. And they're hiding behind the uh, back issues, the short boxes. And... Uh, Claire remains hiding. Alex walks out, like, chill after Noah asked if he was working that day, and some guy in the office is like, yeah. And he runs into him, and he's like, oh, hey, I'm from the county clerk's office. There's an issue with outstanding parking tickets. You know, you're gonna have to come step outside with me. And so it's like, oh, shit, he's gonna grab him. Claire, quickly thinking, takes out her, uh, sprint phone, and, um, <laughs> calls Noah, <laughs> the only phone to save a life, and, uh, Calls him to distract him. And it's so great because he fully does like the, no, sweetie, I can't do this right now thing. So obviously Alex immediately learns like, oh, she's related to this guy. What the hell? Like kind of like the West thing, but happening all in like a minute instead of like over several episodes. (laughs) Um, So she calls him to distract him. And Alex, good, good job him. He absolutely wrecks Noah by throwing a spinner rack onto him, which is (laughs) smart because those are tangly. And Alex and Claire book it out of Sam's comics. Noah runs after, you know, he he calls in a team. So now it's, you know, real. Now it's not just like a simple snatch and grab for a, you know, so-called harmless special. Um, They run over to Alex's car. Surprisingly, not a Nissan. And they zip zip off. Yeah. Meet Alex, everybody. Hi, Alex. He was the himbo I mentioned last week. <laughs> In spite of that, like, terrible intro to him. Ooh, you God damn. Uh, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. This episode was written by Rob Fresco, who previously also wrote Villains. Oh, because I was going to be like, who's her? Who, who's, who's she? We don't know her, but yeah, okay. That was their other episode that they well, wrote on. you know, Villains have its moments but um yeah so uh anybody who writes that ever i'm angry about but in 2009 like this isn't like it took place in the 90s or something i'd be a little more permissive if it was even like the early o's like fuck Mm -hmm. i uh it 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 struck a nerve but i i really i hate that shit did uh Uh, i think that did they have a reaction did um sam and frack have like a reaction like that when Daphne came in a little bit, uh, or no, who came in? Because it was like Hero went in first. No, because it was the boys. Yeah, it was the boys. They never really got to say anything about Daphne, like not no. in that way. So yeah, mm-hmm. nope. Claire got got that little bit of fun thrown her way because you know <laughs> I I love that they they probably like that guy probably wrote that just being like ah yes our mostly male viewership most of the heroes people I know who actually gave a damn especially back then were girls. Or queer people, or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, are you writing for the audience you think you're writing for? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think you are. Yeah, 
Anyway. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of women in there. <laughs> I fucking hate that unicorn shit and anything. I hate it so much. Like It's okay. Alex isn't subject. all bad, so. No, he's not. And I don't want people to be like, oh, you know, this guy's going to suck. No, he's actually pretty cool. It's just, yeah, the, his intro is absolute trash. But, yeah. I like Alex a lot. I dare say he's my favorite of Claire's um, partners. So, well, mm. well. You're going to say that now? <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil. So far, <laughs> your yeah. favorite. Yeah. The favorite of her hetero partners. There. How about that? <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Fair. Speaking of totally hetero partners, <laughs> we are in New Delhi, India with Ando and Hero. They sure got there fast. <laughs> yeah. And they have yeah. also... How did they get there so fast? I guess there was, like, time in between because, I don't know, there was some kind of amount of time in between these two episodes, so. They don't have access to money and stuff anymore. Like, how did they get to India so fast? Did Daphne drop them off? She couldn't have. She got shot. I'm like, no, she's got bullets How in her did back. they get so fast? <laughs> I'm genuinely concerned now. I'm like, I... Wait, Hero doesn't have his money anymore. So, yeah. Maybe Ando was able to get to things because he's not <sighs> on the list? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that just so I don't uh, spin out about it. So they're in New Delhi, India, and they've also managed to find the exact spot from Matt's drawing, painting, marker <laughs> thing. Yeah, they called it a painting, and I was like, try again. <laughs> it's, it's marker, sweetie. It's not a painting. It's a drawing. Yeah, um, and they're like, great, it's time to save a bride and stop a wedding. And Hero's like, I'm going to go check to see what time the wedding starts. You just hang out here and okay, bye. <laughs> and Anna's like, why doesn't this like make sense that we're here now to stop like a wedding then? And he sees the bride. So he's like, well, I'm going to go follow the bride. And he goes up and talks to her. Like, you know, Anna loves to talk to the ladies. That's what he does. Hmm. And he's like, hello, I'm Ando. And she's like, hi, I'm um, Anipura. And she's like, you know, your name kind of sounds familiar. Are you uh, a guest of the groom? And he's like, no, not exactly. And he can tell she's also upset. So he's like, are you okay? Uh, and she's like, yeah, the the what? Does she say the wedding should be the happiest day of your life? Or he says that to her. He says it to her when she the, says she's a little sad. Yeah, that the, uh, your wedding day should be the happiest day of your life. And she's like, yeah, I guess that's what they say. And Anna's like, well, then you know what? If you're not happy, you just, you must call off the wedding. And she, like, immediately perks up because she's like, well, I've been praying for a sign. And he's like, oh, a sign. Here, here's a sign. And he does his little sparky power for her. <laughs> and Hero happens to look in. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> And she's like, oh my god, you're the one I've been waiting for. And Hero's like, no, 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 in the background. This is supposed to be his big thing, not Ando. Yes. And she's all, yeah, that's it, wedding's off. Quit cock-blocking his destiny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I have more to say about that, but we'll wait until slightly further in his storyline before I talk about it. But yeah, this is is not new behavior from Hero in at all. Oh, no. No, not even a little bit. No. Yeah, it is kind of funny that you're like, not only did they get to India really fast, they just found the place, too. Not that India is not a giant country or anything. <laughs> like, Maybe Mohinder is like, oh, that building looks like it might be here. 
Maybe. I- I'd be willing to suspend the old disbelief for that. Mm-hmm. Because he was there. He could have been like, well, maybe that, this looks like this area. Maybe you could start there looking. That's true. Uh, I'll grant that. So. God, where is Mohinder this episode? I- I- we don't see him. We don't see Peter. We don't see Matt. Weird. They're just MIA. It's just like, it's kind of a small group of people we're dealing with. They're probably just laying low, you know? On the run. Hmm. So, back to Building 2-6. Uh, Nathan and Danko are meeting with the representative from Homeland Security who is showing up. And that, that person is Abby Collins. And she's all like, hi boys, I'm here to kick the tires and see what we've bought. And Danko's like, ugh, just what we need, another bureaucrat. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. And Nathan's like, okay, yeah, um... Eagle Rock Prison just isn't going to meet our needs, which is why I asked for more funding to, like, um, beef up the facility to keep these prisoners. And she's like, yeah, right, because they're magic, right? (laughs) And he's like, you don't believe any of this, do you? Who put you up to this? Who put you on this? And she's like, yeah, people close to the president are kind of (laughs) concerned with this. Mm -hmm. And he kind of pulls her into a room and he's like, you have no idea how dangerous these people are. I am barely keeping a hold of the one prisoner I do have here. And she's like, well, what? You are keeping a prisoner here without a warrant or Miranda rights? And Nathan's like, okay, I'm going to need to speak with the president directly. And she's like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm your new boss. And I want to see this prisoner right now. (laughs) So here comes Abby to rile things up. (laughs) Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, the only thing I have in my notes is what I said before we started recording. I love that a Department of Homeland Security person is clutching their pearls about black siding a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, dear. They talk, they talk about the Patriot Act and everything, and I'm like, yeah, this is the post-9-11 world, but, like, act like that's a weird thing to have happen. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. We've seen things. Um, yeah. So we've we've heard the stories at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of amusing. She's just like, oh, without their Miranda rights, without this, I was like, and? <laughs> we, Pearl clutch. We did Pearl that clutch. all the time, yeah. So, how are Road Trip Boys doing? <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, give them, like, a sweet, like, 80s guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Luke is just really stoked, because guess what? Siler is actually going to stop at a crappy diner. Yay! Road trip fantasy completed. Um, <laughs> he's just like, yes, let's go get some terrible food. And Siler's like, look, you really got to stop trying to be my friend, or I'm gonna have to kill you. And Luke's like, shrug. No, you won't. You know, like, <laughs> uh, you, you ain't gonna do shit, cause he knows very smartly when to bring something real to the table. And he asks Siler while they're parked there if he likes birds. And there's a great moment where he just looks over at like a raven or a crow and is like, birds? Why the (laughs) fuck would you ask that? Like, I don't know. They're fine, I guess, kind of thing. And looks like, huh, I'm just wondering if it's genetic because your dad was really into birding. And oh, what's this? The lie detector is not going off. (gasps) A real thing about Samson Gray. He explains that when he would go birding, sometimes he would drag Luke with him. They were that close. And when he would go, 
He'd always be pulling this old rusty wagon behind him, carrying all of his bird books. And Siler immediately is struck by this, because if you recall the photo he found in Samson's house, he's in a little wagon. And so he knows he's not lying, and he has a memory of being in that wagon as a little kid. And how he would, you know, get pulled along in it, and this really, really kind of nice memory about him, you know, looking up at the sunlight going through the, the tree branches, and when he was a little, little kid, thinking about how they look like snake fingers. And looks like he sold you for money, you know. He told me once he had a little boy, but he needed cash, so he sold him. And Siler's taken aback by that. It's just like, why, why would he tell you that? And, and who the fuck would do that to their kid kind of thing? And looks like, shrug, maybe he, rem- you know, maybe I reminded him of you. Maybe that's what's going on there. And it's just like, aw. So Siler's dad is into, like, birding and taxidermy. Is his dad Norman mm-hmm. Bates? Yeah, basically. (laughs) Basically, yes. (laughs) It's not subtle. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, so they have this neat little moment where Luke is actually honest with him about his dad. Yeah. uh, Wonder wonder what's going to happen because of that. Uh, Before we get the chance to go further with them actually getting into the diner, we switch back over to Building 2-6. We see Nathan taking Abby to go see his prisoner, who we see is Tracy, of course, in a uh, very specifically adorned room. There's these (laughs) massive, like, industrial heat lamps on her to keep her from freezing. And uh, Nathan's like, hey, man, I know it looks harsh. We tried insulated gloves, but she just kept shattering them. (laughs) Like, just the most... What are you going to do? Kind of tone of voice. But the thing about this is, as we recall, Tracy is from their sphere. She's from their world. So Abby is like, that's Tracy Strauss. What the hell are you doing? Why is she here? Kind of thing. This is insane. And so, you know, Tracy's like, you got to get me out of here, Abby. He's crazy kind of thing. And uh, she's like, that's it. She's shutting it down. She's shutting it all down. And she's going to file a human rights violation complaint against Nathan with the Attorney General. He is fucked. <laughs> oh, so, boy. Hope he enjoyed that double espresso. It's going to be the last one he has for a while. Damn right. Because if, if there's one thing that happens in this world, it's consequences for corrupt politicians. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Two uh, things. So, <laughs> yeah. Number one, I forgot about the room of heaters. How could you? It's iconic. And then I saw it. I was like, I forgot about this. Number two, when I first took my notes down, I wrote, instead of Tracy, I wrote Jessica. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, no, no. I had to pause the episode and be like, it's Tracy, you dumb bitch. I've Uh. never had that problem with the Tracy stuff in particular. I'm just so over Nikki and Jessica in my brain. I think that it's just like, well, Tracy, Tracy. This first time it's happened to me in a while, like on paper. That's funny. But I was like. That's funny. (laughs) But but yeah, she's in their world. So obviously Abby is like, what the fuck? Because it wasn't like some, I don't know, quote unquote thug or something. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it was this high class a white person who was um, locked up. And, uh, yeah. Sorry, I had a cough there for a minute. It's kind of dry in here. Um, <laughs> springtime. Um, yeah, so it's just like this little bit that we see over there. And we immediately go back to 
the <laughs> the struggle of Alex and Claire trying to get the hell away from their pursuers. And they're driving together, and he's like, why would anyone be after me? You know, that old song and dance. And she's like, do you have a power, an ability, something you can do, you know, that no one else can kind of thing. And he admits that he can breathe underwater like a fish. He's basically Aqualad. <laughs> and so, not Aquaman, Aqualad. And uh, he had one of those really great origins where the power fits the person. I love that. Mm-hmm. He was on the swim team in school, and he just realized one day he didn't need to come up for air. So... That's when he realized he had that ability. And he didn't know there were others, you know, that whole thing. And and Claire can relate because, you know, he wasn't, like, super stoked or anything. He felt weird and, like, a freak and wanted to hide it. That's how she felt when she was younger. And so she tells him, like, don't go home. Don't use your credit cards or your cell phone. Like, that's over. You got to figure something out. And they realize they got to ditch the car because it's registered in his name. And she sees that there's a car that keeps passing them in the rear view. Like, oh, they're being tailed kind of thing. And so they park the car, ditch it, run off, and immediately a team shows up, like, right after. And they just miss them. And so it's like, well, shit, Claire knows what he shouldn't do, but what should he do? <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's the question. And that's going to be a little more difficult for her to handle. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I loved Claire keeping aware of her surroundings enough to notice that a car passed behind him twice. Me too. She remembered her training. Mm-hmm. Keeping her eyes open. She's she's her other father's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> no one would be proud, but also upset. <laughs> yeah, he can be both. People can contain multitude. <laughs> Indeed. He'd be like, that's my girl, but damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my girl. Yeah. That's my girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, he's, he, 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 like, other than the fact that he had, like, that creepy unicorn opening, um, Alex seems pretty okay. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excited to see more with him. Yeah. He doesn't have a weird vibe like West always had. I'm sorry. Oh my god, Claire, what's up? Let's go do this and this. Oh wait, you're like, dad is like the guy that like, oh my god, no. <laughs> Bye, get away. Ew, gross. Uh, oh my god, you trapped me even though I was the one who pursued you first. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even have the West reaction in the scene where he realized, oh wait, they kind of know each other. <laughs> he just went with her like, okay, I'm going to run yep. with the one who's trying to help me. You know? <laughs> He was he was probably just like, well, if anyone knows how dangerous this guy is, mm-hmm. probably her. Yeah. So, yeah. It was like the whole West story in like three minutes. It was great. Yep. Just get it out of the way. But how uh, how's the wedding coming along? Are, are we still doing that or no? Well, right now, Hero and Ando are at a bakery with Annie Pura and another lady is giving them treats. And Ando asked her if the bakery is hers. And she's like, yes, it is mine with Shayla. They opened it two years ago against her grandfather's wishes. Because he's more of a traditional mind about what women (laughs) should be doing. And that's why he set up this marriage to Deepak. And she's like, he is bad news. He's a very powerful and a very dangerous man. And my grandfather was too frightened to deny his request. Which, okay, you're you're setting up two different grandpas here, but okay. (laughs) Ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? You still look hungry. I'm going to get you some more food. So she she wanders off. And this whole time, Hero has just been like, nah. <laughs> like depressed and angry looking, sitting there. I love pissy Hero. It's a favorite. And he's like, you stole my chance to get my powers back. And Ando's like, I have powers. And I saw a chance to help that girl. So I did. 
And he was like, yeah, well, you did it wrong. And I was like, no, I did it my way. And it bothers you that you are my sidekick now. I have the powers. And while they're arguing, a guy comes in quite angrily. And oop, it's Deepak. And he's looking for Annie Pura. And he goes into the kitchen and Hero's like, well, Ando, you better go save the day then. Ha ha. And Ando does. He gets up and he walks back asking if everything's okay. And Deepak's like, oh, this is the reason, this is the guy, this is the reason my wedding was canceled. And he gets, like, all upset, and he picks up a pan, and he knocks Ando out. What kind of Looney Tunes bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) That's just, that's their storyline, man. I know. And Hero rushes back, hearing a kerfuffle, and he he arrives with bread. Nice little callback. (laughs) I loved that. And he finds just Annie Pura back there, and she's like, Deepak knocked him out and carried him off. Uh Uh-oh. That's not great. Whoops. <laughs> no. No, it's not. I guess Sparky Powers didn't help him. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's like, you you do have to give credit to heroes in terms of, like, you know, diverse casting. They do a lot of, like, they they, lot, they hire a lot of, like, Indian actors and stuff, and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, good for them. Like, you didn't see a lot of that on television. I mean, people, I mean, like, Lost got a lot of credit for, like, a lot of their casting in a similar way but they they yeah heroes should get more credit for definitely hiring a lot of people like that so, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. they had a lot of indian people on the show and a lot of like um middle eastern people too yeah thought that was cool and then like setting the stories like in those worlds as well like in those cultures so there could have been a lot more chance for a hero to just have like this great world tour honestly though That'd have been cool. We'll think about that while we watch the rest of his storyline for the season. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, outside of Sam's comics, good old Noah Bennett's on a phone call. They found his car, but, you know, they weren't there. Or, not they. Alex wasn't there. (laughs) And Danko, who was on the other end, is like, yeah, something doesn't quite smell right here, huh? Just suddenly freaking bolts. And Noah agrees. And Danko's like, yeah, so, um... Claire's car is parked half a block south of here. Did you notice that? And he's like, uh, yeah, of course I noticed that. But she said that she had errands to run today. It's a small town. <laughs> and we'll talk later. And Danko hangs up. And Noah's like, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. That's his girl. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a little scene there. Yep, just a little quick moment to bring that in a little more. Well, back in the diner. Isn't the diner in, like, Illinois? It might be. I don't remember. I think it's in Illinois, because I was like, hey, they're in your neck of the woods, her, 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 back in the day. Mm, um, that's That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, that sounds like a stupid thing you would say. <laughs> I'll look on um, the wiki. <laughs> I think I think they're in Illinois. Um, I think you can see it on like a menu or something. So Luke and Siler chilling in a diner. Luke being an annoying little shit, blowing bubbles in his milkshake, like just being the most irritating person. And Siler's like, "Will you at least tell me how long this is gonna last? <laughs> like, how long <laughs> is this trip gonna be? <laughs> Give me an idea here." And Luke is just totally ignoring him, like, no, 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 watch this, watch this, I want to show you something, I want to impress you, because I love you. I mean, what? I didn't say that. I didn't say that. He loves him like a brother. Like a father. Like a father, like a brother, like a big brother, I think, more than anything. I dare Uh, say father. 
<laughs> I dare say father. Okay, fine. Um, so he's like, he, he's like, check out ZZ Top over there. And he glances over. There's a guy with like a big old beard. And he, he boils his drink, right? He does the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boils his drink, gets a splash, and the guy's all like, oh, you know, all confused and shit, and looks like, tee-hee-ha. And Siler's like, oh my god, we don't need to draw attention to ourselves, what the fuck are you doing? And this was a funny thing to have Siler of all people say. <clears throat> our powers are not for our amusement, Luke. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you tell that to season one and season two, you, and also part of season three, you? <laughs> <laughs> You can't just wake up on your little self-discovery journey one morning and decide, oh, no, never. Never. I would never. You did all the time. <laughs> Half of your fucking, like, reaction gifts of your character on the internet are you screwing around with an ability for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, man. But, yeah, in, in a very, like, mentor sort of way, Luke's like, okay, like, well, you know, kind of, like, teach me, you know, I'll be your Padawan. And he's like, you have to always have an objective. You have to know your end game before you lift a hand. Keep a clear head. Emotions make you sloppy. He's learned this, the Mohender stuff. Hey-o. Always understand your motivation. Always know what it is that you want. And Luke's like, well, what, did it, what, what do you want? And Siler getting called out like that is so great. It's like he has to read a book report in front of a class. He's just like, uh. <laughs> well, like, well, it was about getting lots of abilities. But lately, I just want to find my dad. I want to meet the man who made me. And he wants to know why he turned out the way he did. Maybe he'll have some answers when he, you know, can look him in the eye. And Luke kind of sighs. And he grabs the menu. And he starts jotting something down. He tears it off and he gives it to him. And he's like, it's a two-day drive from here. And Siler's like, well, that wasn't a good idea. Now there's nothing left to keep me from killing you, is there? And Luke's like, maybe I'm just hoping that you won't. And they have this nice little moment. But then Siler notices men in suits strolling in. And he's like, Luke, emergency exit, walk, don't run. Like, you know, stuff's about to go down. And so they stand up. Siler pays his bill. He didn't actually dine and dash. I was wrong. <laughs> and uh, they start heading towards the exit. And Luke's like, dude, who gives a flying fuck? There's two of them. You know, you, you could easily destroy them. I've seen you. And they start heading out. But there's an undercover guy who was at the... Uh, at the counter, he was there the whole time. And so he obviously saw Luke do his thing, too. Or at least, you know, something happened around them. And uh, so that guy gets Siler dead to rights, right at the sweet spot, gun to the back of the head. And an actual tack team moves in, and it's like, oh, God, here we go. And Luke pulls the, like, crying hostage card to distract the uh, undercover. He's like, oh, don't let him hurt me anymore. Oh, thank you. I just want to go home to my mom. Just full on sociopath <laughs> shit. And uh, he grabs the guy like, oh, you know, like he's just so emotionally, you know, affected. And when that happens and then the gun leaves the back of his head, Siler, of course, uses his powers. He flings the guy. He takes several bullets, but then he blasts the glass open of the uh, diner to escape. And he and Luke both run and they jump out of the window together. And Siler gets in the car and Luke goes to get in the car, but he gets locked out of the car and Siler is starting the car. Oh boy. <laughs> and he's like, no, wait, Siler, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Siler's like, eh, you know, I'm sorry about it, bud. <laughs> you know, and he speeds away and they grab him. 
they take him down, they trank him, they tase him. It's all over. And we see Siler looking at his own reflection in the rearview mirror. Like, oh, Siler being Siler, right? Right? Is that what's going on there? <laughs> is he going to just stick with that decision, though? I don't know. Feels kind of different. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he seemed pretty pretty keen to leave, though. He got what he wanted. That's what, you know, normally what he does, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck everyone else. I mean, look, if we always keep, like, calling or saying Siler wants Noah to be daddy, his behavior is not far off from Luke in the scene, so Luke wants Siler to be daddy. And- he does, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say it like that, but a father figure, sure. I... I- like I'm a papa. I'm not allowed to say anything like that. Like so. a papa. <laughs> like a papa. <laughs> uh, I liked that you were calling Siler out for his bullshit. Like, yeah, sure, we only use it for a reason. Because he also pa, says, like, please. sometimes I disappoint myself. He does. He does. But I was like, come on, bud. You mean all the time? Yeah. <laughs> like you, have, you didn't have these standards yesterday. <laughs> Luke can't tell if he's lying. He can say sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Mm-hmm. That's true. It was like, like you know, lest we forget cake or the elevator mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. or boom or like, oh, half of the time he uses his powers. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Well, Luke, sometimes road trips end in heartbreak and disappointments. Sometimes they end in going <laughs> to an apartment <laughs> and making chili killes and ending up like at the end of a gun (laughs) (laughs) yep and then like you kind of like get into a relationship with the person that was also kind of hostage with you but that doesn't work out because they get really into chocolate milk and scales and like webbing and so you just gotta like have a clean break there you know and just go off on your own so maybe it's better you just get left behind luke yeah, like, not to kink shame Mohinder or anything. Maya just wasn't about that, so. <laughs> no. It's okay. <laughs> uh, it fucking, oh, it's such a heartbreak, though. This kid's been abandoned by, like, everyone, and then it happens again? Mm-hmm. Brutal. Because he was like, yeah, because Tyler's like, oh, you gotta do this. And he's like, well, I don't know. I've never had anyone to talk to about this before. Yeah, exactly. So. Teach me. Teach me, papa. Teach me always. <laughs> exactly. Please, papa. Please, Papa, teach me always. Yeah. So, obviously, a lot of shit went down there. Um, but back in India, we learn that, you know, Deepak will release Ando if uh, Annapura marries him. So now it's Hero who gets to show up at the at the ceremony and and you know try to stop it and make a big old fuss. And her grandfather stands up like, you know, is this true? When basically it was like, this is a sham, you know, she, this isn't, you know, her path kind of thing. And she's like, perhaps the traditional marriage is not my destiny, grandfather, kind of thing. And Deepak's like, no, fuck this noise. The woman in the bakery belonged to me. And it's very dramatic. And Hero, he doesn't need any bread or nothing. He just goes up and cold cocks the guy. (laughs) And then he grabs a knife from like, is it like the cake knife? To keep her safe from him. And uh, it's the moment from the painting. There you go. Matt really uh, is a prophet. Mm-hmm. So Hero's having this really great moment where he's a full-on hero without his powers. Yata indeed. Which, uh, I mean, when are we going to bring up the fact that Annapura and Shyla are like a couple? It definitely, like, there was like a moment where she like looked at her. And I feel like surrounding this episode, they in the press and stuff kind of like brought that up. 
Big time. And I think even in, like, blind items and stuff. But, like, watching it again, I'm like, this is, like, subtler than I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I remember it actually being said out loud, but then I remember, oh, we still weren't really there in broadcast television to a degree, were we? No. I'm unsure if they show up again in the next episode, maybe, and we get a little more something, or if they show up again. Same, same. I was like, maybe they show up next week and we see it, but, um... Yeah, let me just let you know that that's what's the subtext here is that uh, Annapura and Shyla are a couple. Mm-hmm. They own the bakery together because they are a couple. She doesn't want to get married to Deepak because she is with Shyla. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all the things there. It's not just her wanting to be a career woman. It's it's she's gay. Yeah. So. Hiro Nakamura, LGBT rights ag- advocate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so back to Costa Verde. Um, Claire is going to her car, and who should be waiting for her but her father. Father 2, Father 1, I don't know which one she refers to him as. He's Father 1, right? Because, I mean, she grew up with him. I would hope so. (laughs) I would hope that he is Dad (laughs) 1. Um, and he is there, and he is quite unhappy looking. He's like, hmm, how was your day, Claire? (laughs) And she's like, oh, um... I was just applying to a job at the coffee house right here. And he's like, Claire, I know you're lying. And she's like, huh, well, I learned from the master. Huh. She's so bratty this episode. She is. Yeah. She is bratty to a degree and then it bites her in the ass later because it kind of goes harder than she thinks it will. <sighs> yeah, but I like what Sandra says about it later on. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not. So, yeah. Yes. And he's like, listen, Claire, you're not invincible just because you can't be injured doesn't mean you can't be caught and this is the same old song and dance we've heard before mm-hmm. and he's like do you know what happens if they think that i can't control you anymore and she's like well that's the thing dad you can't control me bye and she drives off <laughs> <laughs> beep beep yeah. sucks to be you honk <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's their little scene no one knows claire knows no one knows claire's unhappy <laughs> I don't know where Alex is at this point, but yeah. Yeah, I wonder what happens to him. He just sort of disappeared there. Mm-hmm. He gone. Um, he gone. So we'll go back to Building 2-6. Danko is briefing Nathan on the diner attack on the go at Siler. And he's <laughs> like, we didn't get Siler, but we got the kid that was with him. And Nathan's like, great. Uh, DHS is trying to take us down. And all we have is a 17-year-old boy. Wonderful. And up strolls. He's dangerous, if that makes you feel like He is, but like, you know, it's a 17 year old boy, and we've got like. Tra- He's willing. We have Tracy and Luke. Wow. All right. And then. CT. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Abby stroll up to them, and she has a piece of paper, and she's like, this is a cease and desist. You're going to stop this right now. And Nathan's like, just give me five minutes to change your mind. And Danko walks off. Just immediately books out of there. And she's all like, look, none of this justifies torture, what I saw in there with Tracy. Freaking getting boiled in there. And we see Tracy struggling in the hot room. We keep panning back and forth between Abby and Nathan's conversation and Tracy attempting to get free. And Nathan's like, I'm talking about people who, who could slice your head open with a finger. People who could get inside your head and make you think what they want. <laughs> and I'm like, okay... Siler, obviously, that's your big whale. Are we talking about Parkman or your father <laughs> for person two? Ooh. 
Hard to say. Mm-hmm. He saw how dangerous and powerful Matt and people like him are. Mm-hmm. So, first hand. Matt, Maury, or Arthur? Would- Matt, Maury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, Maury, and Arthur, they all kind of suck. And we see Tracy struggling. And Abby's like, that's your argument? That these people are so dangerous they just don't have constitutional rights anymore? Again, ooh, pearl clutch, pearl clutch. <laughs> and we see Tracy manage to get free and stand up. And Nathan's like, you can't pull the plug on a war when you have never been to the front lines. And we hear an alarm go off. And we all move out into the hall to see that Tracy is now holding a man hostage. She then throws him away, grabs his arm, freezes him, and shatters him against a wall. And who gets to see this whole thing? Abby sees this whole thing. And then the men open fire on Tracy and knock her unconscious again. And Nathan gives Abby this look like, well, huh? You think I was being over dramatic <laughs> right here, right now? And we get a commercial break. And then we come back to see Abby standing and looking at the target wall. And Nathan apologizes for having to have seen that. And he's like, I wouldn't be doing any of this if I didn't believe in it. And she's all like, yeah, uh, don't worry. You've got your funding. <laughs> she's seen what she needed to see there. So, Yep. Mm-hmm. Boy, that sure was convenient, wasn't it? Yeah. Hot damn. Like, perfect timing. Yeah. Huh. Good thing that chain was broken. Yeah. She wouldn't have seen it otherwise, and the whole thing could have been shut down. Oh, no. Man, this team is sloppy, dude. Gosh. God. Yeah. They need to... Everyone's performance, like, evaluations, uh, they should be shaking in their combat (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. How's Claire doing? She's making a sandwich. Um... Sandra's there with her, and she's just like, look, like, was was your trip, like, that disappointing? You know, like, what, what what's going on? Why are you guys being so, why is everyone being so weird? And Claire straight up is just like, well, Dad was busy abducting innocent people. <laughs> he's not being honest with you. He's not a consultant. He's doing his old work for new people, basically. Because she's like, oh, the company? And Claire's like, no, 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 this is different. Because they're going after everyone this time, not just the Silers of the world. They were loading prisoners onto a transport plane. They're taking everyone. Matt Parkman, Dr. Suresh, Peter. I just can't lie to you anymore. And Noah comes in at the worst possible moment, holding a takeout bag of Indian food. And uh, he's like, I'm here with dinner, you know, kind of thing. (laughs) And Sandra's like, go upstairs, honey, to Claire. And you're like, oh, the Texas is going to come out now. And... (laughs) Claire goes, and immediately, Sandra's like, I can't take it anymore. I know what you're doing. And Noah's trying to lie again and say, like, no, you don't understand. She's like, don't lie to me. I really wanted to believe you had changed, that you could be someone different. And he's like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't have a choice. And you do feel bad for Bennett in this instance, because he is under the boot as much as anyone. Mm -hmm. So... You do feel for him, especially uh, after this, because they full on fight about Mm -hmm. it. And he's like, I did this to keep Claire safe. And Sandra yelling, don't make this about Claire. Oh, my God. Like, oh, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've talked before about the marital issues that have bubbled under with these Mm -hmm. two. And the show is going full on like they're going to let it happen. And they should because. It would be bullshit for there to be no consequences on a personal level for someone like Bennett. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, oof. Because yeah, it's yeah. definitely not just this incident. No, 
No, no. But like you said, at the same... And he can't... No, no, what you're At the same time, you feel bad for Bennett. (laughs) You do. He's as trapped as anyone, and it's like... But at the same time, he can't use Claire as a literal human shield anymore. Like, it's more than that. Mm -hmm. So, oh, gosh. So we go with that for a minute. Claire is is hearing this, and it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, they are fighting. Mm -hmm. This is real. And we go back to Tracy back in her heat room with a brand new chain. Hey. (laughs) And Nathan gets in her face. And he says, you better get used to the heat because you're never getting out of here again. And she's like, oh, really? That's what we're going to do? And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, broken chain, unlocked door. You wanted me to escape. And guess what? Next time I will. And that's and that's how they, they leave things. Like, ooh, tense. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? Broken chain, unlocked door. Well, that's, that's fishy as all hell. So. Yeah. God, I wonder who would really benefit from Abby seeing that at that perfect time. I feel like the chain was more her working at it, because it's like, he really was putting mm-hmm. effort into it. But yeah, Unlocked Door, that's like sloppy as shit. That's sloppy as fuck. Or intentional as mm-hmm. fuck. And yet Nathan doesn't seem to be like, he's kind of surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a little like, huh. So maybe, maybe it wasn't Nathan. It certainly seemed like he would have a lot to gain from it earlier. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to, let's go back to the diner one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the team is still outside of the diner. They're in like their little like van and they're all loading up and they're getting ready to leave the site and they have Luke and he's in the van. The doors close and suddenly all hell breaks loose. An absolute massacre ensues inside of the vehicle. It's all shaking and people are screaming and there's like analysts who can hear this like over comms. <laughs> and what had happened was the doors burst open and who do we see in the full tactical gear but our boy Siler? He fucking scooby dooed like an outfit from someone. And it's like he went in looking like one of them. He went in for the computer a tough book, which is what people like that carry around. They're very, like, indestructible. Because he wants to know what the hell's going on with the program and why they're so easily able to find him. Because he's good at not being found, and he doesn't like that they found him twice. He's pretty butthurt about that. So he also decides to save Luke. He yanks the little, like, thing out of his nose, the little nasal drip. And he grabs him and he hefts him over his shoulder because Dan Bird is very short and <laughs> Zachary Quinto is very not. And it's kind of an amazing scene. And it was spoiled to all hell and back by paparazzi back in the day. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Because there were so many shots of Quinto just like on set in the full uniform without the balaclava. So, yep. Knew that was going to happen. And he carries Luke off. And it's like, holy shit. He saved him. He didn't have to do that. He got what he wanted. He didn't need to do that. Maybe he is growing after all. Yeah, look at that. Huh. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Not me. <laughs> okay, Paul Rudd. <laughs> um, I, want, I wanted to do this whole bit where I was like, and it's Siler in a tactical out- outfit, excuse me, and instead of the water splash, it was going to be like a full waterfall, <laughs> but my phone's charging in the other room. So Boo. I just imagine that I did that. <laughs> 
Um, where did Siler get the outfit? Uh, he killed a man. <laughs> Do you think he, like, yoinked it from Simmons and just brought it along with him? Oh. Or from one of the other guys no. on the scene, he just yoinked it and then... No, no, he didn't have anything with him when he left the Campbell house. Because he didn't have a car. True, fair. Remember? Like, Unless he's got, like, a pocket universe power and he can just shove his little clothes in there and close the I, pocket. I will close my computer <laughs> right now and kill this recording. No. He has a bag of holding and it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he fully, he fully, like, distracted a guy, murdered the shit mm-hmm. out of him behind a tree or something. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so. Stripped him and went in. No. Yep, yep. Oh, golly. So, big, big progress with those two. This, this unbelievably strange duo. <laughs> yeah, it's not the last time we see them in this episode, but yes. Nope. Mm-hmm. So let's go to India. For I think this is the last time we go to India in the episode. So. I was gonna say this is the last time we go to India in this episode, though. Ando is kind of apologizing to Hero. He's like, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't have interrupted destiny. And Hero's like, no, 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 no. I realize now that I wasn't sent to get my abilities back. It was so that I can learn that I don't need powers to be a hero. And then Annie Perra comes up to them like, you know what? I now realize why your names sound familiar. Turns out the bakery got a wild fax (laughs) addressed to Hero and Ando from someone named Rebel. She hands it over to them. Oh, shit. And... Hero's like, it's an address in Los Angeles, and it's telling them to save Matt Parkman. And Hero's like, oh my god, Destiny! <laughs> it's found us again! Woohoo! Destiny ran out of minutes on its sprint calling plan and had to send a fax. Well, they ditched um, their phone. Oh, fuck, you're right. Oh, and I thought I was gonna do such a good disc because I used to be a sprint customer. <laughs> yeah, they ditched um, their phone, so they didn't have it. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Damn, Rebel's resourceful, though. Yeah! All kinds of lines of communication are open to them. Mm-hmm. It really should not have been such a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Really shouldn't have been, but you know that's on us. Oh, uh- <laughs> yeah. Wild theories, yeah. So. Well, like I, I forgot earlier to kind of talk about Hero and his like. He has to be right all the time. He's he's kind of Peter in that way. <laughs> oh my god, they could get along so well if they were together for more than five minutes and not in peril, mm-hmm. like. They're the same fucking... Him... Oh my god. That's the thing about the core four, is it's like, Peter, Parkman, Mohinder, and Hero. They're all the same person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at different times. So This is my thing to do. Oh, I have to be right about it. And Ando's like, please, I'm just trying to do what's right, bud. Come on. <laughs> I'm just oh, trying to help us. Just trying to help people. Because yeah. he had this argument with Ando before, I swear. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've had this mm-hmm. argument before. I think he's even had the thing where it's like, oh, I can be here without powers before. Yep. So, here we gotta learn your lesson, hon. Yeah, I guess he has learned a couple times. Gotta stick in there. Quit being stubborn. Mm. So, um, so, uh, how are the, how are the Bennett's? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Noah is going into Claire's room with a bag in hand. And I didn't write down what Claire said. She's like, oh, let me guess. You and I are going to whatever for a while. Oh, um, let me guess another business trip. Yeah, okay. Well. And he's like, no, Sander wants me to move out of the house for a while. Oh, fuck. 
And Claire's kind of like a little shocked by this. And he's like, she's, she's right though, Claire. Uh, I need to go try to be a better person and not tell the amount of lies that I do. <laughs> and it's very clear that Claire was not expecting this level of fallout from her talking to her mom. Well, yeah, no, because in the past he could just call and like mm-hmm. fix it. I know he doesn't have a name yet, but I'm getting tired of just calling him. <laughs> Mm, to beep or not to beep that is the question oh tis the question i'll leave it up to you editrix yep and he's like it's okay we'll try to heal these wounds and um you know i'll, I'll be around we'll get through this oh, heartbroken no like he is definitely upset and <laughs> he's like yeah i love you claire bear and she gets up and she hugs him she is upset too and he leaves oh. And she's crying, and uh, once he's gone, she picks up a sleeping bag off her floor, kind of wipes her tears off, opens her closet, and hands it to a pair of hands who, oop, Alex has been in the closet the whole time. How incredibly awkward for him. (laughs) (laughs) He got to hear the whole fight. (laughs) On every level. There's nothing worse than being at someone's house and hearing their parents fight. Oh. Like at a sleepover or something? uh You just want to rip your skin off. Mm -hmm. It's the worst. Mm -hmm. It is the worst. Too many times have I been in that position. Mm -hmm. Can't do anything about it. Exactly. Uh, Heartbroken and and shocked Noah Bennett is like, whoa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like... When he, when he says, you know, I'm going to try to be a better person and not tell lies. It's like he's saying it to himself to try to get himself to believe it, too. Like, he's doing a Siler thing. Like, I can change, mm-hmm. right? Right? I'm not stuck being this person forever. Oh, my God. Like... It's true. It is like he and Siler are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to trying to grow. Their journeys are often similar. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, the fall of Noah Bennett. Like, as we've been saying, like, all the way through, definitely... It's been, like, coming. It's been, like, the elephant in the room. Yep. But you yep. still feel bad about it. Because, like, if it would have happened when he was being kind of sneaky in, like, another season, you might not have felt quite as bad. But yeah. I do feel like he's kind of pinned up against a wall no matter what he does. He he can't. I mean, like, he is absolutely trapped within what Nathan's doing as much as anyone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Just in a different way. Because he has, you know, skill set. And because he's human, mm-hmm. but, yeah. But he doesn't get to use Claire. And because he's Claire's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. And as we saw Nathan say, she's running out of favors, daughter or not. After after that after that bit of heartbreak, which was uh, pretty keenly felt. Yeah. We, we do flip back over to see Luke and Siler driving. And Luke thanks him for coming back for him. And Siler's just like, pish, I didn't come back for you. I came back for this. And he, you know, shows the tough book. And he's like, eh, you just happened to be there. And Luke's like, mm, still could have left me, though. <laughs> like, he, he's calling him out all over the place. And he flips on the radio, and it's the Talking Heads song, Psycho Killer. And Luke totally goes like, ah, ah, <laughs> like, kind of laughs about it. And, uh... Siler does, like, the slightest little, like, head bob as they drive away, and it's adorable. Yeah. <sighs> drive, they drive off into destiny together. Arguably the best road trip he's been on? Um, less than arguably, it is the best road trip he's been on. Even though I think he probably got a lot of joy with his little jaunt with, um, Noah to the bank. Because he was being the Luke in that yeah. situation. He was being the little shit. 
He was. He was eating loud. He was fucking with the radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. I was like, ah, shoes on the other foot now, isn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, so yeah, just a quick little moment wrapping them up for the episode. We go back over to Building Two Sex one more time. And Nathan and Danko are there. And Nathan's like, Mark Leggett. And Danko's like, and? and? He's like, that was the name of the analyst who died today. He left behind a wife and two kids. You let her out, didn't you? You murdered an innocent man. And Danko's just like, look, bud, I'm sorry it had to go down like that. But, you know, sometimes during the war, someone has to fall on a grenade. This was all about to be flushed. It needed to be done. And Nathan's like, yeah, why don't you go apologize to his bloodstain? Okay? It's still warm. And just, oh, man. Yeah. Little little moment there where now we realize why Danko slipped off when Abby came back. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it till you said it either. I was like, he fully does just leave the scene like that, doesn't he? Like, yeah. I'm going to go take He's care like, of this. He's like, whoop, you know? let me dip. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I got to get my hands dirty. Yeah. Which, you know, everyone's not going to like how willingly he, you know, is able to get his hands mm-hmm. dirty. <laughs> that, that guy will do a lot, so. I, I do like we got to see someone cleaning up the mess, too. Oh, right? Mm-hmm. Like... It wasn't just some, you know, it was like a very human moment to see someone having to, like, scrub the blood off the walls. Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Consequences. That was a person. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God, it's fucked up. What is wrong with my brain? I was going to be like, we should look at that scene again and see if there's, like, a caution wet floor sign. I think there was. I, I think it was like they had the car. Because ice melts. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm wrong in the head. <laughs> uh, our final scene in this episode we follow Noah into a bar, a hotel bar, and he is just full on drinking his sorrows away. This is the saddest Noah Bennett we've mm-hmm. ever seen. <laughs> this is like sadder than Copy Kingdom, like, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, just fucking full on, like, depressing his shit. And he's like, well, you know, I'm looking for an apartment, if you know of anything, to this uh, bartender. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, haven't heard of anything. And she's like, well, you know, welcome to Costa, uh, you know, Costa Verde when he says he's going to be staying here a while. And he's just like, oh, like just scoffs like, yeah, welcome to Costa Verde in fucking deed. And he downs his drink and he gets up to, you know, leave. But, uh, oh, oh, what's this? He starts getting woozy and it becomes very clear, very fast. Somebody put something in Noah's drink and uh, he passes the fuck out and who should emerge very dramatically from all corners of the scene by the way but uh, our mia heroes matt parkman peter petrelli and mohinder suresh who gather around bennett like oh no our friend has had too much to drink let's get him up you know and they they all grab him and they carry him away to be continued <laughs> i wonder what's gonna happen there uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a wonderful parallel to season one and Matt. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Noah's fucked. <laughs> oh boy. He's uh he's in a he's in a bit of a pickle mm-hmm. that we'll see the ramifications of next time. So another another great episode. Yeah. Though. As I was watching the episode, I was like, man, we don't get like Matt, Mohinder, or Peter and I said, Oh wait, here they are. <laughs> Dude, the high drama of them coming from all yeah. sides. It's amazing. You know Matt, like, mind whammied that freaking bartender, slipped mm-hmm. a little something in there, and then they all just sat and waited. But how did they know he was going to be or, there? Were they, like, uh, staking out the Bennett household? 
They might have been. I mean, we know where Claire Bennett lives. Uh, Mohinder would have known. Yeah. So. Peter would have known. You had two people that knew. He's never been there. Peter knew he, that she was in Costa Verde. He saved... Well, yeah. I guess it was future Peter, but like... But Mohinder knew her fake name and would have known her oh, yeah. address. Yeah, Mohinder 100% knew. From his company mm-hmm. time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peter's never been to the Costa Verde house, so... Squints. I say, I say it had... Well, I'm saying it had to be yeah, Mohinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Noah's having a not great day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... If it were in his diary, it wouldn't be, like, a happy face day. (laughs) It'd be an empty page because he was knocked out. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah. I mean, again, it's it's, the first three episodes in this are really good. And I think the next one's pretty good, too. Like, this is a good season or a good volume. (sighs) Yeah. Any any final thoughts before I throw the socials at these lovely people? I don't think so. Nothing I want to particularly point out. No. Give us our socials. Okay. If you wish to follow our Twitter, we are at Eclipse Podcast. If you wish to follow our individual accounts, I am at Lady underscore Snark, S-N-A-R-K. Rachel is at that verb there, verb with a B, like building two six. Rachel, what are you tweeting about lately? Animal Crossing. <laughs> Which is true, because I went on her Twitter before we started, and that's actually fully what it so is. I was like, I so. tweeted today. <laughs> As advertised. <laughs> And I did a tweet about iZombie, and David Anders liked it, and now I feel vindicated and validated as a person. So. Um, if you wish to email us, hey man, I've tried to get his attention before. <laughs> like, noticed me. And I'm like, uh, I could never, <laughs> could never at anyone on Twitter. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> I try all I'd the time. Spiral away into space. Hello, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten, I've gotten Coleman and mm-hmm. Anders, and that's like pretty cool. Anyway, um, if you wish to email us, it's eclipsepod at gmail.com. But the best way of getting hold of us, of sharing your thoughts, etc., is going to be on our Discord server, a link for which will be in the show notes. Yeah, uh, if you're listening to us on your podcast app of choice, you know, we, we, we thank you for that. Uh, we're all over the place. We're on Pandora and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and any other random thing you can think of for the most part. Uh, Feel free to leave us a a kind word and a review or like and subscribe, all that fun stuff. We do appreciate it. Uh, Other than that, uh, I think we're going to just get the hell out of here. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Next time on Eclipsed. Noah's Noah's in in trouble. trouble. Tune in.